the conversation I had with him left me in tears. It was just, um, it was inspiring. He, he had, uh, he, his, his name was Wayne Adams and he basically had terminal brain cancer. Um, he, he found meditation, not, not through Ogimi, um, but he has been alive for five years beyond the one month that the doctors gave him. And, uh, meditation <laughs> is what kept him, kept him strong, you know, kept his mindset. And, uh, when I was speaking with him, you know, he said, Hey, my wife referred me over to Ogimi when she saw it, she said, Hey, this is, this will be perfect for you. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev. And I will be your host for today's show. We are in the midst of our summer open house event currently. So if you are listening to this, you do have some time to check it out. It is a, a big month for us. We have over 22 live events that we are doing. And by we, I mean that I will be hosting 19 or 20 out of those 22. So it is quite a month. <laughs> and I'm just kidding because I have the easier job as host. I don't have to actually present the whole time. So it is pretty nice uh, getting to do it and getting to hear from these wonderful people. We've had a ton of engagement so far. It's just been fun. So if you have not checked any of that out, go to fdntraining.com slash summer to check out some live events. That's fdntraining.com slash summer to check out some live events. If you do want to get the recordings, that is a paid option. And when you are filling everything out on the website that I just gave you, you will have an option to do VIP. When you do VIP, you will have access to the recording. So that is how you can see the stuff that was already done. Otherwise, uh, it is free, but you will have to attend the rest of the events live. FDNtraining.com slash summer. Okay, what we are doing today is interviewing a gentleman named David Gull, and he has created something that is, in my opinion, quite groundbreaking. I don't say that lightly. I know I use, I feel like I use a lot of hype words. It's not that I'm trying to ever do that. I just, I get excited, man. I'm an excitable guy. That's why they gave me a podcast. <laughs> so with David, I really do mean this when I say it's kind of groundbreaking and revolutionary what he's created. I'm going to read his bio here for you guys, then we'll get to it. He is a tech entrepreneur founder, a licensed architect, and a creator. He thrives on designing and building new products. David is currently co-founder and CEO of Ogimi, the first AI meditation coach. With Ogimi, he is mission-driven with the goal of helping 1 billion people fix their mental health through highly personalized daily meditation practice. Meditation has been deeply meaningful to David since he started the practice 15 years ago when he hit the point of burnout early in his architecture career. He knows that if he can help others create and deepen a meditation practice to explore their inner world, he will have made the world a better place. You can try the app for free at www.ogimi.ai. That's ogimi.ai. And of course, we will have that in the show notes for you guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm not someone that's wild about the AI thing. Some people get ticked off at me for that because they're like, dude, you're already using a computer, you're using a phone. I get that. I was forced into that basically uh, with the generation that I'm in. But man, I guess I'm just one of those people that as things get added on, I'm a little hesitant. However, what I am aware enough to know is that everything has a good and a bad use or a favorable and unfavorable use would be a better way to say it. And if we're going to use this stuff, I think David's nailing this, and I think it will become very clear how he's nailing it as this podcast progresses. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. All right. Hello there, David, and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? Hey, Evan. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, likewise. It's a little bit uh, different. You know, at, at this point in the show, I mean, we've had a lot of episodes, so we bring on a variety of guests and different backgrounds, but I always kind of like going away from 
I don't want to say cookie cutter, but our routine that we have, because typically it's a person that is an active, like functional nutrition practitioner or whatever, which again, it's cool. That's the main point of the show, but anything that we can do to improve people's health or uh, even inspire them entrepreneurially, because I have a hunch that we're going to get some of that today with uh, your shift in careers and stuff. uh, That's always good to get. I love having that on the show. So a little background for people, something that I wouldn't have mentioned in the bios when I was recording this uh, intro to the show itself is that we have an interesting connection here. So for longer term FDNs, they would definitely know Ryan Monahan. He was like one of the fan favorite clinical advisors at FDN, a brilliant, brilliant guy, super successful practice. And the only reason he recently left FDN in that capacity is because his business was so dang busy, he couldn't justify it. So very good problem to have. So his partner in crime, Lindy Curtis, works for us now. And she's been doing a lot of affiliate stuff. And then she got connected with David, who you guys knew each other from when she was back in her real estate days, right? Or just maybe she still does that on the side. I'm not sure. Uh, But commercial real estate. And now you both somehow got into health. So I have that correct? Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Cool. All right. So um, I got to ask then, I mean, because we'll talk about your company today, of course, but commercial real estate and holistic health in any capacity is not typically something uh, that I would imagine goes together too often. So uh, give us a little background on yourself. Like, did you deal with health symptoms or did you have something going on? Like what led to this? Yeah, great. And yeah, so just for quick context, the, this that it led to is um, the first AI powered guided meditation coach app, um, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but how did I get here? So I actually started out a career in architecture and um, I don't know if you know much about that as a career, but it's pretty intense. Um, it's super long hours. I was working 60 to 80 hour weeks, pulling all nighters, low pay, uh, total grind. And, um, you know, everyone at some point in their career hits burnout, right? Runs out, runs into a wall. And for me, it just happened to be, it was only one year into my professional career. So I was in New York City, high powered architecture firm. Um, I took a vacation from uh, New York City out here to LA where I now live. And it took stepping away from the day-to-day business to realize I was completely fried. Um, I spent that vacation sleeping 12 hours a day um, and basically uh, realized that I I had come across my first health crisis. Um, I knew that at this rate, I could not sustain um, for another, you know, 40 to 45 years of a professional career. So that was a wake up call for me. Um, and you know, this should resonate with your listeners. Uh, I, I went back from that vacation and I knew something had to change. Um, and I immediately started, uh, the paleo diet to address, you know, what I was eating. I started an exercise routine to address the the weight gain and the body pain that I was, uh, feeling. And I started a meditation practice. And that to me was deeply meaningful in helping me uh, ground myself and get through the stress and anxiety that I was experiencing Mm -hmm. as a result of that career. Um, And it was a complete 180 for me, honestly. You know, I uh, basically took all of those three things, um, did them simultaneously. I was uh, going to the gym downstairs in my building on my lunch break. And then I would go outside to a nearby cemetery because it was the only place I could find privacy um, to meditate for 30 minutes. And uh, and that became my regular go to routine. And it helped me get through the next five years of that architecture career, um, which then led me into the real estate career. And uh, and so that's how I got into real estate. Um, From there, I was super excited about entrepreneurship and technology and uh, that's what kept me going. But about seven years into this process, I hit another mini crisis. And this one was more existential. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a wake up one day and I realized that the work that I doing, I was doing was no longer meaningful to me, that I didn't feel like I was bringing uh, a sense of purpose into the world and really helping people. Sure. Um, so I, I was at a broker conference. Um, I looked around, I said, this is not what I want to be doing with my life. I, I was exhibiting. I actually left. I flew home early, called a business broker, put my business up for sale. And, uh, and it took about a year to do that. But in that process, I, I reflected on my life. I said, you know, where, where has it been hard for me? Where, where did I need help and what helped me? And if mm-hmm. I could help other people find that, I would know that I'd made a difference in the world. And so that's what led me um, to Ogimi 
to, to really help people create and sustain a meditation habit for their personal well-being. Gotcha. That's an even better story considering you were exhibiting there too. And then just like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> this is it, right? Like can't do it anymore. Um, What I find interesting, and I, I've always found this interesting with anyone who comes on the show is everyone typically, sh- no matter what they're doing now, shares this kind of aha moment or these little wake up calls. And it sounds like you had a couple, right? You had the initial one a year into the architecture job. And then, you know, another one comes I guess if I'm doing the math right, almost 11, 12 years later at that point when, you know, you're realizing the real estate might not be the thing that you want to be doing either. So um, my question is, you talked about how you went immediately to paleo diet, meditating, all this stuff. That is not necessarily for most people, even in today's world, a logical transition. So how did you know about that stuff? Yeah, I think I just uh, in some ways I got lucky with the people around me. You know, I, I just turned to um, friends in, in my life and it was kind of it was just finding the most immediate source of, hey, this person seems healthy. Hey, this person seems grounded. And I asked for them what they were doing. So, you know, in some ways it was fairly simple. Um, but it, for me, it was the, the, the obvious need for something to change that, that actually made it happen. Right. That that um, look in the mirror, so to speak, of recognizing something was wrong and that I had to fix it. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I'm glad that you had those people in your life. Cause yeah, a lot of people it takes, it, it's many years <laughs> before they even consider the dietary aspect of all those things. So um, I'm glad it worked and it worked well enough that, I mean, you were able to at least survive in the job for the next uh, several years afterwards. And I'm curious about this too. Those next several years, I'm sure they were better was that something that would have been sustainable now indefinitely with your new habits or was it just a ticking time bomb that had a lot more time to it than it did before? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it would have been sustainable. And really it was just that um, cool. after five years, I, I got excited and interested in, in entrepreneurship and, and in the architecture job. Um, it was a large corporate firm. Uh, nothing wrong with that for some people. But to me, I could sort of see... Uh, the next 40 years of my life were, were already mapped out if I stayed there and that wasn't necessarily what I wanted. Okay. Right. And the reason I asked this is not because I'm trying to encourage people to work crazy hours. Uh, in fact, I mean, I like that personally because I kind of am that person. Like, that's my chosen stress, right? I eat super well. I go to bed on time, do all that stuff so that I, I can engage in the work. But the reason I was asking that question was more because you just proved that the situation was the same, but you changed. And it actually made your response to the stress of the situation better. So that is not to say that you weren't way better off leaving the job. I mean, obviously, you're doing something now that you're super passionate about. So we're we're all thankful for that. But a a lot of people that listen to this from like a consumer perspective, this podcast, I think it is it's sad, but it's very common that because of what they're going through, they almost get into this victim mentality or it's like, what do I do? I can't leave the job right now. I got bills. I got kids. And that might be true. But what we can do is we can get better and we can learn coping mechanisms to handle stuff, which, of course, is a main focus of today's uh, chat that we're going to have. So we need to focus on ourselves first and try to change what we can. What do we have control of? Um, But I think that's encouraging. And I also think the perspective on work helps a lot, too. A lot of the entrepreneurs I know, like uh, myself, are actually able to sustain long hours, not always, but a lot of the times. And I think it's because of the perception of the work. Of course, if you go into a place 60 hours a week that you're not perceiving to be like a fun job or something that you actually want to do or that you're passionate about, yeah, it's going to burn anyone out. If your perception of your work is this is fun, this is meaningful, this is what I would choose to do in my free time, I'm going to be able to do double the amount of hours, not because I'm special, but because my perception of the work is literally less stressful uh, than someone who has that other perception. So I'm interesting. I was just curious about how seemingly small changes like that could actually lead to uh, really great outcomes for you. So then my next question would be, why the meditation thing? Because you talked about multiple changes that you made, including diet. Many people become diet specialists or they will become like uh, Lindy before um, learning about FDN and stuff did NTA, which is Nutritional Therapy Association, which we love those guys. Great coaching program. Um, So why not that? Why the meditation specifically? What did it do for you? Yeah, I think throughout my practice, I came to realize more and more that our, our mindset and our inner world is the root of almost everything. And what I mean by that is, if you think of our health as a three-legged stool, uh, diet, exercise, and, and mental fitness or meditation, your, your inner world, 
um, which of those can directly impact the others. If you use meditation as a mindset tool to secure your approach to diet, you're much more likely to succeed, right? So if in your daily meditation, you reinforce your commitment to a diet, you visualize yourself eating healthy, you visualize yourself in, in the state and the body that you want, you're more likely throughout the day to sustain this um, commitment that you've made to yourself for your physical health and the same goes for exercise. So I think it being kind of the root cause of, of the root cause or the root um, benefit of everything that you do is what led me to meditation. But certainly I'm curious about and have other ideas in the, the health world um, yeah. in terms of what we're doing differently within meditation. Um, as I mentioned, we're the first um, AI guided meditation coach. And what that means <laughs> and why it's different is every meditation on the platform is personalized. And that <laughs> that is essentially like having your own meditation coach and why that's important. Everyone's different, right? Everyone has their own unique journey. Everyone has their own unique challenges and issues that they're facing with. So they might be, you know, a single mother who's dealing with, um, you know, raising two kids and, and stress at work. Um, and that person deserves a very specific guided meditation approach. Um, and although meditation is our beachhead for coaching, um, certainly this technology that we're building will enable us to do coaching in other aspects of health. So physical fitness and dietary coaching, once we've kind of uh, really nailed this aspect of how do we take everything we need to know about an individual and start to tailor mm -hmm. routines and, and guidance to them to really succeed at anything that they need to succeed at. Cool. Well, and I think that's a really fair point uh, going back to uh, my other question about like why meditation over anything else. Right. And I do agree that it, has this wonderfully beneficial effect on almost everything because you know what, David, we'll see certain practitioners and clients alike. They're really great with the routine of FDN and the diet stuff and the supplements. In fact, these are normally the people that are the best at that side. They will do every little thing that you send to them and they get 80% better. And that last 20%, uh, it's lingering and it just doesn't go away. And then we kind of come to realize that there's an irony in all of it. The reason that they are so successful in the FDN program is the same reason that um, right now they're still struggling with some of that health stuff. They are so type A wired, like you and I were discussing off air, that they just can't get out of it. I was talking to a woman a few months ago, and I actually had to refer her out. Um, and I tried to do my best with the onboarding, everything I could, but it was a rare referral out when I had already done lab testing. Because I'm looking at her labs. Her labs actually looked overall great. And I'm going back and trying to figure this out. And she was able to identify herself. She's like, you know what? I never, I never gave myself that time for the mindset stuff and, and getting this under control. I'm still doing the same toxic habits I had before. And now I just do it with health. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a real, I think this is a real problem solver, not only for our clients, but for some of our practitioners as well. And maybe I'm speaking to myself. So let's take a second. If we, if I don't want to go too elementary for you here, but I think it's worth defining this because even on our show, I'm sure there's some people out there that don't fully understand meditation. And especially when you talk about this aspect of customization, they might be like, well, wait, how can meditation be customized? I thought it was blank. So how, how do you define meditation? What does that mean? Yeah. And, and for the broadest audience, uh, to keep it super simple, sitting with your eyes closed. <laughs> and um, the, the impact of that alone is significant. So what you're doing when you give yourself time and you sit with your eyes closed is you're turning off 90% of your stimuli, right? You're not uh, turning to your phone. You're not scrolling Instagram. You're not looking around you. You're not scoping um, you know, danger or anything. You're really just turning off a huge amount of your uh, external stimuli. And that allows you to sit with what's going on internally in your mind. Um, and so in the most basic sense, that's a huge amount of meditation. So for people that find it intimidating, what I encourage them to do is, of course, use our app if, if you like. Um, but if not, just set a timer for five minutes and sit and close your eyes. And don't wonder if you're doing it wrong. Just do that. Right. And that's a good place to start from there. Really, what you're doing is uh, you're raising uh, a level of awareness of your mind and your thoughts. 
uh, a level of awareness, getting in touch with your body and what's happening within your body, um, a level of uh, external stimulation. So what, hearing the sounds around you um, and all of this, again, is just kind of bringing you to presence with yourself and with your body. Um, and it's, it's hugely beneficial to do that because we do spend so much of our time in, in the day, uh, focused on doing and, and, uh, seeing and being productive and reacting. Um, and so this puts you into a different mindset and, and brain state that's hugely restorative and hugely beneficial. Gotcha. When we talk about, because I, I love that. I love both the general definition, but then this kind of next level one, it's this awareness, right, of the thoughts and kind of what's going on. Do you think, Biz, I totally believe this, do you think that people in today's world, and including ourselves sometimes if we're not conscious about this, one of the issues for us is the fact that we are so stimulated that we actually never have a chance? I mean, really, almost from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed to ever have the awareness of those thoughts. Do you think that's what a lot of people are suffering with? Yeah, I think exactly that. And so, um, you know, and, and again, the intimidation factor of this is that people think there's something they have to do that's super intense when they meditate. Um, but if they can get it, get it around uh, the fact that just five to 10 minutes of this with your eyes closed is, is beneficial, I think that's the, the entry point. And then once you're doing that, yeah, this level of awareness, um, I, I think in meditation, a lot of people use uh, the the monkey mind as a really great frame of reference. So we all have thoughts, right? And they run and, and we call that our monkey mind. Um, if you don't become aware of your monkey mind, it controls you. If you spend time becoming aware of your monkey mind and training it through meditation, it starts to serve you. And that's a, that's a subtle difference. Um, but it's hugely, again, hugely beneficial. It Sorry, my hesitation was because I didn't. I wanted to word this properly on a show like this because we never bring up this topic. But what I find interesting about this, and hear me out if you're listening, because I'm not going to mention anything specific. I'm talking from a very general perspective. I I'm seeing the repercussions of this um, in a lot of political discussions, and what I mean is that I'm someone who's uh, mostly independent. No problem saying that. And so I actually go out of my way to try to study both sides, and I'm like why does this person think this? And why does this person over here think that? And you know, what's fascinating to me, David, is I've seen Instagram accounts where I'll just use United States politics. You have the right and the left, right? We got the Republicans and the Democrats. Generally speaking, that's the two party system here. And, you know, you hear both sides screaming at each other. They cannot believe what the other side is doing. And, and I'm always fascinated by this. And so I go on to these certain Instagram accounts and YouTube accounts, and I realize that there are interviewers that interview one particular side. So this happens in both places. And they'll ask the people at a respective rally, let's say, of either side's candidate of the day, um, what they might think about something. And you hear the answers and the answers are sometimes ridiculous. Like it really does make the people almost seem um, dumb. Now, I don't believe that, but it makes them seem that way. And if that's all you're seeing in your feed and you only trust the one side, I'm like, oh, of course these people hate the other side because they're never going to go look at both. And if you heard this, you would actually think it's ridiculous. Now, my point in attaching to this, because we've seen more political issues than ever before um, over my lifetime, for sure. I think what's happening is... We are so stimulated, we never take the time to think. And so the first thing that we hear, whether it's politics or whatever topic, we assume that's right. Everyone else is wrong. And it's not that these people are dumb. I don't believe that in these videos. And they unfortunately get to, they get framed in that way because of who's interviewing them. But they're not dumb. They just have never had a damn second to sit down and think about the narrative they're being told or like, why do they even have the opinions that they have? Do they actually hate the other side or do they maybe just disagree on a couple of things? And so um, I, I'm not even I, I won't even frame that as a question because I won't put you on the spot politically. But I really I do believe that maybe our lack of thought and taking a, a second to sit is one of the reasons that we're so hostile with each other over major things. Like we should be discussing politics, not hating each other uh, because of it, in my opinion. Um, maybe I will frame it as a question. Do you agree with what I said? Do you think it has any validity <laughs> from a general perspective? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting framing. And I, I think you've nailed something really important, which is the the consumption on social media, right? Um, and and it's mm. literally 
those apps are intended to get you to just spend time on them, right? And what that does is take away from time where you're saying, like, you're actually sitting there doing <laughs> thinking um, or having a conversation with a friend where you're actually creating a dialogue around a topic instead of just ha- just consuming that information. And so um, I'm, I am glad you mentioned social media because one of the things that we try to recommend at Ogimi is use social media as a trigger for your mindfulness habit. So if you catch yourself on social media, use that as a trigger to instead open a meditation or a mindfulness app, hopefully Ogimi. Um, but that's really where you can start to replace one habit with another one. And once you're there, exactly to your point, you, you can, if you want to, you can dedicate that time towards thought about a particular topic. Um, so again, the cool part about what we're doing is you could prompt our meditation coach for something to say, Hey, help me, um, help me be thoughtful about this particular political argument. And you can, you can literally Hmm. write whatever you want there. And what we'll do is we'll kind of just create a baseline for you to say, Hey, here's my thoughts. Here's where I might need to challenge them. Um, so it could be a really effective way to, to give yourself that time to think. So that's personally what I do. I, I have two triggers with social media. One is physical exercise. So, um, every time I catch myself, uh, on Instagram, I make myself do 30 pushups or I make myself do a five minute mindfulness session. Right. So those are the two, um, nice. let's call it like, uh, it's not a punishment, so to speak, right? But it's a it's a replacement. Yeah, a, a healthy replacement. And yeah. man, if you can, th- this is interesting because now I'm excited to talk about the actual application of uh, your app and how this works. Because I'm already thinking, man, from the political side, if people actually are willing to plug that stuff in, you could save the freaking world. Um, if people actually had the time, I, I mean, I encourage you guys, if nothing else today, please just. Like, actually think about why someone else might have a different religion or political affiliation than you without assuming that they're bad. Like, just assume, let's think about why they might have gotten there, how they might have gotten there. That could help. And if apps like this can uh, encourage it, I think that's even more powerful. So, yeah, let's break this down. How literally does this work? Let's assume that we're now talking to the person, because this is probably the case for the majority of the audience, the person who is a little more advanced. They've messed around with meditation. We even have uh, avid meditators um, in the FDN community and for our clients. So how would this work? I, I, I download this somewhere, or I get this somewhere, and then what does this look like for me? Yeah, so you can find us at ogimi.ai, O-G-I-M-I dot A-I, and that will link you directly into the app. It's free to uh, use with certain limitations. And then, you know, for a paid upgrade, it's uh, it's unlimited use. Um, but really what, what happens once you're in the app is it's essentially like having your own personal meditation coach. That's the idea. So we believe um, that this, uh, that everyone... Uh, deserves some kind of affordable access to personalized care, right? And um, before AI, this was difficult to do at scale because it's expensive to hire a meditation coach or it's expensive to hire a life coach or a personal development coach, right? Someone might charge you $100, $200 an hour for those types of service. You might meet with them once a week and then you have seven days to go, you know, mess everything up in your life again before you meet with them the next <laughs> next time, right? So uh, not that those coaches don't add value, but it's uh, it's expensive. And again, it's not constant care. It's not like having someone in your pocket that they will always be available to help you. So really that's our vision is in, in your pocket, you have someone that's there for you at any point in time. And um, what that means within the app is you open it up. We say, Hey, what do you want help with right now? And based on what you tell us you want help with, we generate a custom meditation. And now there's a lot of magic that goes into that. I think it sounds simple, but again, from the user perspective, you shouldn't even need to know that it's AI. You should just feel like you're getting the exact support that you need in that moment for your challenge, right? Um, And so it can be anything from fun and inspiring. Like I personally like to use it. I play sports. Um, The other night I sat in the parking lot before my ice hockey game and I did a meditation visualizing scoring a hat trick. 
Now, I didn't score a hat trick, but I did score one goal, um, and that was super fun. Uh, the other day, I spoke to a user who used it to process going through a divorce. Um, and basically, they were losing their home. Um, it was a very difficult time. And they just told the app, hey, I need help. I'm losing my home in a divorce to my ex-husband. Can you help me process this? And the guided meditation was loving kindness. And if, uh, you know, if the users know what that is, it's a process of um, sending love to yourself. So she sent herself love for the challenge that she was going through in her life. Um, and then she sent love to her home and all the memories and all the value that it had added to her life. And then she sent love to her ex-husband, which was, of course, the most difficult part of the meditation, but recognizing him as a human um, with his own challenges and everything else. Um, and, yeah. and it was very powerful for this person um, to have that uh, generated for her in real time based on this challenge that she was going through. Um, it can be something at work, right? It could be, hey, I need help dealing with my difficult coworker, John. Uh, every time we talk about, um, you know, my ideas for the app, we get into an argument, right? And it can help you go through how to sort of uh, see John's side. This is similar to the political argument. See John's side, uh, see if you're having a balanced conversation, um, be more uh, productive wow. in how you present your ideas, right? So all of these different things. And, and again, it comes back to what do you need help with today? Be specific. And that's what we do. This is so cool. So to make sure I have this uh, understanding correct, because you use, if I'm not mistaken, you use the words you can say to it. So are you literally suggesting that I take the phone? I'm not even writing this out. I'm telling it verbally what I want to do. And then the customization aspect, I'm assuming these are guided meditations, obviously, then otherwise, I don't know what would be custom about it, right? So this is actually using words or or at least um, putting things out there every now and then to guide this meditation. Yeah. So for now, the input is text. Um, wow. Um, but it will definitely be voice as you suggested. And yeah, just to, to reiterate that simple example, like the text that you might type into the app is, uh, help me process the loss of my home to my ex, right? My ex-husband. Um, and then what happens is AI generates, um, a script, um, based on our instructions from our AI model. Um, and then we have what's called a text to speech, um, AI voice that reads that out in a guided meditation fashion. So with the intonation and the pacing that you would want for a guided meditation. That's so cool. I remember uh, the first time I, it was actually a kind of a profound thing for me. The first time I ever consciously meditated and I say consciously because I, I would assume prior to this day, I had at least had some experiences where I put, I closed my eyes and just sat there, right? Probably trying to go to bed. So if that's going to be the lowest level of meditation, yeah, we've all done that at some point intentionally or not. Um, the first time I intentionally, I should say, instead of consciously meditated was it was 11th grade. Um, and it's ironic looking back because I know you don't know my story, but I'm very transparent about it on the show. I mean, severe mental health issues, was using drugs. And I, I think what happened that night, if I'm not mistaken, is I actually didn't have the drugs and I couldn't sleep without them. And so I looked up, like something triggered this, like guided meditation on YouTube. And it was the honest guys. They still have a channel to this day. Awesome uh, folks there. And it worked. Like it really worked well. And my body was still, I kind of got this warm feeling too, um, which I hadn't gotten every single time uh, since then. But I've gotten it plenty of times where I'm like, this is a very pleasant feeling. I feel good. And that would be a nice thing to have right now. And life is going overall thankfully pretty well right now, let alone back then. That was a, a genuine time of peace to be able to experience that. So that was some random thing I found like on YouTube, you know, older audio files, like not nearly the quality that we have today. And it's incredible to look at this, like what is this roughly 10, 11 years later? And now we can text in what we're having struggles with and an AI program is going to be able to formulate this for us. It, it is able to formulate this for us so that it's custom. I, I don't mean to ask this uh, in a negative way. It's just, um, again, I always try to assume what the audience would say. Are the AI voices uh, realistic enough that if you played it for me without me knowing it's AI, like would I have an idea or have you guys um, been able to do well enough with this at this time that it sounds actually pretty realistic? Because that might, I guess, be distracting to some, but I'm wondering how you guys have done with that. 
Yeah, the the voices are amazing, and um, you know, of course, cool. love love the audience feedback. If they do use the app, there's a there's a feedback um, utility right in there to to leave it. But uh, I think you'll be nice. blown away. And um, you know, for any of the audience that is following AI, uh, I'm sure they also see that it's the rate of improvement is sort of exponential. So, you know, even if you could say, hey, today maybe it is 95 percent as good as a a human voice, um, the rate at which it will get even better is, is sort of mind blowing. Um, the other cool thing, uh, maybe anticipating again, what, what the audience might ask about AI is, you know, um, it, it's, it's a computer. Does it really know this, uh, this human aspect of things? Um, but what I'd like to touch on is that AI is actually the collective knowledge of human intelligence and wisdom. Right. So all of human history that's been written, at least, and including, of course, the massive amounts of written stuff on the Internet is what created the foundation for AI. So it's not computer intelligence. It's human intelligence that's being leveraged through the power of computers. Yeah, it's, fa it's fascinating to think about. And then you realize uh, it's a whole, my gosh, man, we can go on for hours with this, but there's someone that I follow that talks about AI in a different way. And they're always trying to encourage us to be as good as we can as humans, because they had this exact same perspective. It's an accurate one. It's like, no, 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 it's not artificial. Like it, it is us in a sense, right? We're the ones that are feeding this. And so we need to be careful about how we're interacting with the world and the things that we're saying. And then you, you go on social media and it's one of the worst places where people, in terms of how people talk to each other. So it's an extra reminder to just, you know, show love to people. Or if you don't have anything nice to say, that's fine, but just don't say it at all because AI is watching. So thank God you're using this for good um, and really helping people out. And then, you know what, um, David, it's not exclusive to our audience at all. We have had a bunch of different uh, religious affiliations on, but I've always been surprised. It, it does seem there's a lot of Christians that listen to this show. I'm a born again Christian myself. I have no problem with any other religion. I was an atheist most of my life. Um, but my point in mentioning that, that I find so unique about yours is whether this is true or not true. A lot of people that are religious or get into religion somehow uh, believe that meditation is, is not in alignment with what they're doing. Um, despite, I mean, I can speak for the Bible, at least scripture says meditate on this. So we can all agree that it at least says meditate on that. So what's cool about your app is I could go in and on text say, hey, I want to meditate. Uh, well, like, I don't know if it would interpret this or I'd have to write it out. Like, could I say I want to meditate on uh, John 3.16 in the Bible? Would it already know that or would I have to write it out? But either way, it would allow me to meditate on that, right? Yes, that's exactly it. So I'm, I'm so glad you came up with <laughs> such a specific example, right? So again, <laughs> everyone, everyone deserves that level of attention to whatever in their life is most important to them at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but imagine trying to find a meditation coach that could help you meditate on that verse. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and so the fact, the fact is because we have the collective knowledge of human intelligence in AI, you, you can now find that instantly immediately for essentially zero cost. Um, and so that's what's super exciting about it. Yeah, you could you could say, you know, create a meditation to help me deepen my connection to God. You know, if that's if that's your religion and that's what you want to focus on. Um, so cool. And so, yeah, that's that's the beautiful aspect of it is um, whatever you want, you can get. I, listen, I really I, I'm I'm huge into spirituality. I like it. And I know that we all live in our bubbles, but I do think that matters to a lot of people out there, especially if they're doing stuff like this. And so um, some of the stuff that they maybe learned when they were a kid, it could be contradictory. And I, I don't think I, I get that certain practices could be contradictory. Fine. I don't think meditation should be exclusive to any one religious group or whatever. Again, most scriptures that I, I I'm aware of actually say meditate. They just say meditate on specific things. So um the coolest part about this as like advanced technologically as it is, which you think would be counterproductive to the religious side. No, this is actually perfect for it because now you can customize it to yourself. So uh, yeah, thanks for that point. I think that's, uh, that's really cool. How have you seen consumers using this? Because I can picture us as practitioners, like a lot of, again, practitioners listen, I could see them almost like wanting to assign this or give this to their clients. Um, do you guys do more like 
selling to practitioners and people that will work with others? Or is it a lot of direct to consumer stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. So the app launched D2C, but we're just rolling out all of our uh, collaborations with uh, coaches. Oh, nice. And so basically, yeah, that will allow um, the way that we think about this is it'll allow them to 10x the impact that they can have on their students. So, you know, even though you could go directly to us for that uh, request, if you still want to work with a professional, you know, have that kind of weekly touch point with them where you hop on a Zoom for an hour, uh, they walk you through the practice. But then for, again, the other six days where you might go mess it up, um, which is kind of my you know, ongoing joke about what happens between coaching calls, because I do it too, um, <laughs> is they can then assign them, uh, you know, meditations using Ogini that are personalized or coach them on how to use it in a way. So, hey, for the next six days, why don't you try this, 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 and this. And then next week, we'll talk about how that went for you. And then we can go further. So that those coach collaborations are going to be Very cool. really, really impactful. Very cool. So if I'm a consumer or a client, or maybe I'm just uh, a practitioner that wants to just give it to one client, maybe that's what I want to do. Uh, what is the current cost on the time of recording this? Is it like a subscription model? How, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so super simple subscription model. And again, it, it is free to use without that, um, just with certain limitations. Cool. So, um, but yeah, if you choose to upgrade, it's just $9.99 a month. And then we're going to have a, a $99 annual plan launching soon as well. So, you know, the using, using the traditional analogy, it's less than two coffees per month or less than two lattes at Starbucks. Um, so really our, our goal is to help as many people as possible um, and uh, to keep it super affordable for folks out there. Yeah, well, with our crew and how much they spend on labs and supplements, don't worry. That, that was the least shocking price tag I've ever heard on this podcast in 240 episodes. So you're good to go. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll buy it right yeah. now. Um, all right, that's awesome. And so just to be clear then, you, I think you said this in the beginning and I read this in the description. So this is the only meditation app right now on the market that is currently using AI in this way? Yes, exactly. Wow. Just from the entrepreneurial perspective, I got to ask, and I, I know it seems off topic. It's really not because a lot of our practitioners are entrepreneurs and uh, they sometimes struggle with that. So they just might find it inspiring. How on earth did you get that idea? Like, when did you make that connection? Because that, that's kind of brilliant, man. Like, that's a really interesting thing. And it's a really unique way to um, enter a market that is otherwise kind of saturated. There's a bunch of apps out there, but this is new. This is fresh and it's interesting. So how'd you come up with the idea? Yeah. So, I mean, actually... Uh... Pre previous to the AI powered meditations, I was starting to build a meditation app um, that was just going to use elements of gamification to make it fun and exciting and interesting. Um, and we actually were using um, AI to author scripts that we were then having a human record. Um, and so it was just kind of this light bulb moment where, uh, you know, I, uh, again, a, a, a really high quality text to speech um, podcast came out where uh, they had cloned Joe Rogan's voice, I think, and Elon Musk, and, and they were having a conversation, but it was all, you know, it was all AI generated. And when I heard the quality of it, it was that light bulb moment of, oh my God, we're there. Um, this, you know, we don't need a human to read this script. We have the ability to do it that way. And so that was quickly the impetus. And, you know, we moved very quickly to launch. And of course, uh, as you pointed out in, in an entrepreneurship, uh, I'm certain there will be competitors very soon. You know, nobody, nobody gets away with no competitors, but, um, you know, for us, we have a very, very clear strategic roadmap on how to continually improve our product, how to expand it, um, beyond its core current features. And, and really it's also just about, uh, the community and bringing the right folks into the app um, and those partnerships with uh, with coaches and health coaches and personal development coaches and everything else. Very cool. Um, and yeah, ultimately, our, our goal here is to reach as many people as possible, a billion people, uh, if we can help them create and sustain a meditation and mindfulness habit, we know we've made the world a better place. That's, that's excellent. I mean, and yeah, you're right. There's always going to be competition, but to do that first, I mean, that's pretty groundbreaking stuff. I'm a little scared now because if they can mimic Joe Rogan and Elon Musk that well, 
Well, I'm a curveball. I don't know if AI is going to get me that well, but they, they probably will given enough time. So hopefully people want the real uh, Detective Evan, not the AI version. We'll see. Um, jokes aside, so I, I like to always spend the last bit of time talking about what I would con- uh, typically consider client testimonials, but this would be more consumer testimonials. So I'm, I'm curious, have you heard any, because you have that feedback uh place, I guess, place that people can submit feedback is what I'm trying to say. Have you heard any like great stories out of people that maybe struggled with meditation before and are now having great success with the app or just uh, whatever it might be? I'm, I'm curious about some of the testimonials that have come through. Yeah, it, it's super exciting. I mean, that's that's the juice that keeps me going. Um, you know, anytime someone just says, hey, this is amazing. This really helped me. Or, hey, I was on YouTube for hours trying to find some content and I found you instead and, it, and it's changed my approach to meditation. Um, people saying, Hey, I've been a meditator for five years and, uh, I was super skeptical, but I tried it and I'm actually blown away. Right. So we've had really great feedback. Um, you know, I had a, I had a user, um, interview that, uh, hopefully someday I'll have a chance to, to record something like this with him because, uh, the conversation I had with him left me in tears. It was just, um, it was inspiring. He, he had, uh, his, his name was Wayne Adams and he, basically had terminal brain cancer. Um, he, he found meditation, not, not through Ogimi, um, but he has been alive for five years beyond the one month that the doctors gave him. And, uh, meditation (laughs) is what kept him, kept him strong, you know, kept his mindset. And, uh, when I was speaking with him, you know, he said, Hey, my wife referred me over to Ogimi when she saw it, she said, Hey, this is, this will be perfect for you. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he just was telling me a story. He's been spending anywhere from one to three hours a day meditating on the platform um, because it's really for him. It's the core of how he addresses his personal struggle. Um, so, yeah, again, like that, that conversation was enough fuel for me to, you know, charge through the next couple of weeks of, uh, of what's obviously a difficult process when you're running a startup, right? You're always kind of running into uh, challenges and hurdles and doubts and everything else. But just to hear yeah. the impact that we were having on one man's life uh, was incredible. Yeah, that's amazing, man. You hear that even just one time. That's, and that's on par with – well, actually, I'm not going to lie. That's maybe above on par with some of the stories that we hear here. Here, here. So that's incredible. It's actually – it's fascinating because I went to – um when I was in my more exploratory phase of religions and spirituality, I went to a Buddhist monastery years ago. And one of the things that I found incredible, because I mean, these guys literally live in a state of meditation for almost the entire day. They don't talk. They never talk. It is all walking meditations. It's under um that gentleman who had passed away, Tiknak Haim. It's incredible stuff. And the reason I, I bring them up and him up is because I know that you're not making that claim, so I'm not putting words in your mouth. But I find it interesting that this gentleman was given one month to live in here for several years afterwards. I mean, that that's pretty impressive. That's not a small number by any means. And what I found fascinating about those guys and even Teek Nakheim's passing is these people that do this for long periods of time, and these people are living it, they like choose when they're going to pass away. Like Teek Nakheim like told the whole world, hey, my time is coming. He had all these people gather. I mean, this is weeks that this went on and then decided, okay, like I'm good to go. I'm like, what? Like, that's just not what you are used to. That's not what you grow up hearing for most of us, at least. And so the idea, it's not that we don't die, but the idea that these people have such a deep understanding of their own body and their own thoughts or whatever, that they can say, oh yeah, my time is coming. Come join me. And then I'll decide when I check out. Like that's it's incomprehensible to a lot of us, certainly myself, but I would have to imagine, yeah, that a lot of what you guys are doing uh, did lead to this guy having any life, I guess at that point is great, but a greatly extended life so far uh, with what's going on. So uh, that's amazing. For the last um, question, I guess, before I ask where people can find you, just to reemphasize it, because I know we said it in the beginning, and of course, they can always find it in the show notes. But what are some of the I guess more recent um, studies showing on meditation because I feel like all of us at some point, maybe it's just a Google uh, link or I'm sorry, it's on Facebook and you get like a link to Google or somewhere. It says meditation does this meditation does that. But I know there's legitimate promising stuff coming up all the time. So um, what are some of those things that you've seen? Maybe it's um, mental health stuff, ADHD, anxiety. What's some of the uh, latest research showing uh, promise for with meditation? 
Yeah, actually, and just so that I don't misspeak, I'm not going to say any, you know, specific statistics. Um, but what I will say no is, problem, no problem. yeah, the more the more you look at, especially the, the meta studies, right, that just look at in aggregate the benefits of meditation. Um, it's just it, the, the more you understand it, the more you see it, the more you realize that to not include it in your practice is a serious detriment to your health. Um, you know, I, I, I just I don't really know how else to say it other than kind of that three-legged stool analogy, um, again, about diet, exercise, and mental fitness. And meditation is is by far uh, one of the best tools for your mental fitness, right? And since you, when you address that, you can also address these other aspects of your life, um, just such a core foundational element to your health. And obviously your listeners know like if you don't have your health, what's the point of everything else, right? What's the point of your mm -hmm. success and your wealth? And, you know, if you're in pain or you're sick or you're dying, none of, nothing else matters. Um, and so, you know, again, there is, I come across it all the time. There is resistance to meditation. The resistance typically is I don't have time. And the response to that is kind of, um, Again, can, could you replace five to 10 minutes of social media time or TV with meditation? And are you willing to give yourself that gift for your health? Um, that's, that's really what I want to encourage people to do. Amazing. And I, I would even say, because I heard this in a personal development book when I, I first started getting on my journey like nine years ago, my journey into personal development and just bettering myself, I guess. Uh, it said, not uh, an adult saying they don't have enough time is the adult equivalent of saying the dog ate my homework, right? And uh, it's not that some of us aren't busy. I'm not discrediting that, but at least say it correctly. Say, I don't have time for that because you certainly have time, but you're choosing to not make it for something. I and mean, this is so damn simple in terms of the time commitment. Uh, the idea that you are so optimized that you don't even have five to 10 minutes is crazy. You'd be uh, mentioned him again, Elon Musk level. And uh, you might as well be making billions of dollars then if you're going to be that optimized with your time. So I, I think we all have some five to 10 minutes. And I might even make the argument that you don't have time not to do it. Like you you, you should be doing this uh, because it's going to make everything else more efficient. So it, it's kind of an investment. It's just like the health stuff, right? We all don't go to or we don't all go to bed on time here and eat super well uh, just to have the rest of our life suffer. We do that so the rest of our life is better. I would put it right in the same category. I like the three-legged stool analogy in this case. So, uh, David, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can people find you? Where can they get this downloaded? I love that they can uh, use some of the features for free. So uh, I'm going to give it a try myself. I'm excited. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. So everyone can just go to ogimi.ai. That's O-G-I-M-I dot A-I and direct to sign up through there. Um, and then I'd also love to offer the listeners uh, a 20% discount on the paid plan. So anyone that wants to upgrade to oh, that, cool. they can use the code uh, all caps health detective 20. And uh, that way they can get in there and, and try out the nice. full feature set. Okay, very cool. I think that's fair enough. Um, yeah, thank you again for coming on. This is really it's a unique episode. I'm really excited about what you're doing, and congrats on having that thought. That's that's it seems simple in concept, but I think that's very impressive to connect those two together. So I'm excited to see what you guys do. Appreciate you. Appreciate the time and uh, the great questions. Really enjoyed this conversation.